Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm really excited about today's guest. Another lovely badass woman in business is joining us today. Thanks so much for being here, Heather. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so much fun. And can you just start off by telling us about what you do and your online business, but also sharing some of your background, like whatever feels good to share with our audience? Sure, sure. Of course. So my name is Heather Spadaro, and I own the makeup and hair company. We are a on-location business, which is in the tri-state area of Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. We do bridal and events at people's homes and hotels, wherever they are. I also am a skincare and makeup expert. So we do virtual customized private lessons that are via Zoom, and that can be done with anybody in the globe. And we love that. So that is something that we are, we kind of started about six months ago and we're really taking off in stride now. So that's what I would love to talk more about. But the weddings and events we've been doing for about 20 years. I had a salon in our area here for about eight years. So I'm very educated and informed in all things skincare, hair and makeup. So I love love it. it. That's great. And you know, like we all love the beauty stuff. A lot of our listeners are women and, you know, even in my business, I work with a lot of beauty-based businesses too. So it tends to be such a great niche. And can you tell us like a little bit about what inspired you to get into this industry at the start? So I always loved like hair and makeup and makeup was my, my niche in high school. I really loved it. We did, um, hair and makeup for proms. Nobody really went and got their hair and makeup back in the 90s, going to date myself. Um, nobody really did that. So I did makeup for my friends. And then I worked for MAC Cosmetics for a few years while I went to college. And that's where I really learned a lot of the techniques and things that I know now. I'm more self-taught. There was no YouTube then. So I learned while I was there. And then I went back to school for cosmetology so I could be licensed for hair in New York State. And now I do hair clients on my own, as well as obviously through the business. And that's what got me some clients that I was able to be on television. So clients were on, you know, Fox News, E! News, 
uh, New Jersey Housewives, Wendy Williams, things of that nature. I decided to go big or go home. So I wanted to open a salon. I did that and that was great and I loved it. But then I got a little bit tired and I decided to go back to my roots of going to people's homes. Now that I have a team of eight other girls, we are able to do large bridal parties and multiple events on single days. And then I, you know, the virtual lessons were something I just really, really enjoy doing. I think they're really personalized and fun. It's really not work. That really is something super fun to do with education as well as just enjoying the time together, you know, on a Zoom or Skype or whatever the person has. And um, yeah, so I just really got to bring really full circle, you know, starting like by myself and and bringing it all back around to going back to doing that. So it's so nice. Oh my gosh. I love to hear your story and working (laughs) with the celebs and you're like, no, I just want to do my thing. And I resonate with that so much. I don't know if you were under NDAs, but can you tell us what real housewives you worked with? I'm such a fan. So I'm like, no, I wasn't. I'm not under NDAs. But one of my clients, uh, her name is Janae Luciani. She does a lot of um, fashion segments on the Today Show, Fox News, things of that nature. She uh, wrote a couple of books. She wrote the bra book. Um, that was her big book back in, I think it was around 2000. And um, she did a book uh, with Jacqueline Larita with the Housewives. And we did their cover uh, shots and the shots that are in the book. I think the book ended up, cover ended up being a cartoon. I don't think it was them. Um, but in the book, there's a lots of shots of them. And we did their makeup and hair for Jacqueline and Janae. Um, so I got to see them a few times. And she was my main client that I did a lot. So we got to go a lot of places with her and get to meet a lot of other people. We did the Mob Wives so I, Ramona from the Bob Wives, who did her makeup before. Um, that was another event. I worked with Janae. Janae became a very um, personal client and friend uh, until she ended up moving away. She's not local anymore. And then um, I also ended up having the salon. So it kind of split around the same time. It was, it was like almost perfect timing. But we did, a, we did a lot together, a lot of early mornings and late nights and overnights and stuff, because a lot of those news channels do things really early and you have to be at the green rooms, you know, 6 a.m., even if the, the segment's not till like eight or nine in the morning. So there's a lot of time together and, and it was fun. It was good times. I loved it. I really loved it when it, when it was then, but I was also like 22. So yeah, now I'm like 40 and I'm like tired. <laughs> yeah. You want to just enjoy now. You have your yeah. team, you do your yeah. thing. And like, I think all of us can resonate with that too. As so many years in any industry, you just get tapped, you know, and it's yeah. like, it's time for us to sit back and be the CEO now, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. I would love to do some other things like that, but it was, it was just a lot. It was a lot of running around. Janae still can be seen on new shows. I think she was actually on Fox news today or, to, or she's going to be seen tomorrow. She does a lot of fashion segments. She's amazing. I love her. So I still follow her career all over, but yeah, to do all of that stuff is definitely, uh, physically, you know, all over carrying that makeup case everywhere you go and hair case, you know, trekking through Manhattan and everything. So it's a lot, it's a lot. <laughs> wow. That is a lot. Yeah. Like I'm sure even just all the supplies and yeah. I'm sure she had all the hair and needed <laughs> all the things, you know, so that's so cool. And I really do love to hear that part of wh- how you got started and like how you got into this, you know, and where you find the passion for it too. That's great. So can you tell us a little bit more about your virtual opportunities and how that kind of works? And I know you said you do like Zooms and Will you take women through like their personal face structure and is it very like personalized when you're working with them? 
Yeah, so it kind of started with COVID actually. So I did a lot of lessons in person uh, locally. It was just something that I noticed that women that were in their 40s and 50s were looking for makeup and skincare lessons as their skin was maturing. They were noticing that the products they were using weren't working as well for them as they were. Um, so it was just something I was meeting maybe two women at a time and going to one of their houses. And it was just something we did for fun. Then during COVID, I had a couple of clients, I would do their makeup whenever they had meetings, but now they realized that I couldn't go to their house during COVID and they were doing a lot of zoom meetings and they noticed that their laptop cameras were off putting with the lighting. And they wanted to learn how to do their own makeup quickly and nicely for their laptop Zoom meetings or computer Zoom meetings. So I had to quickly teach them how to do some makeup via Zoom um, myself in my own apartment. That kind of became just like a quick lesson that I was just doing with clients that I already had. It was like, kind of, can you show me what you do on me normally? I just need to do it on myself now was basically what was happening. And I did that for a handful of clients. And then as COVID started to lift, I noticed that this was something that people just were continuing to do. Now Zoom meetings are becoming something of just happening. It wasn't just for COVID anymore. So um, I had people asking me to, to help them, you know, like my camera, you know, with the backgrounds and their cameras and learning how to just do their own makeup. It wasn't something that they wanted to get their makeup done all the time to pay, you know, the money to get if they have three meetings a week, they're not going to pay to get their makeup done all the time. They want to learn it themselves. So this was something I decided that this might be good to do. But makeup was something that I realized everyone was picking up for lessons. But in reality, a lot of time they're covering something that really is a skin issue. So I started talking about their skincare routines within the makeup lessons. And that kind of is where I noticed that skincare lessons really needed to be added as a separate lesson for, for some people, not everybody, but for a lot. And it should be offered as its own lesson. Uh, and then that's when I decided last year uh, with Sarah, actually, who Caitlin knows, that, um, we talked about promoting that as its own lessons with the makeup. And they are extremely personalized. I do talk to the clients before. I try to get some more info about it. We do sit in the space like I'm for these lessons, I am literally in my bathroom because it is the best lighting. I have all my products out. I usually have the client, I ask them to have all their products in front of them and they can be in their bathroom too, or their kitchen table, wherever they're comfortable with everything that they have with a notepad and paper or whatever they like to write, take their notes on. I'm a pad and paper girl, but not everybody is that. And um, we sit and we go through. I literally ask them like, what is their steps first? What do they do? Let's see what they're doing. What can be maybe changed a little bit. Sometimes it's not necessarily that they have the wrong products. Maybe they're doing them in the wrong order. Maybe they should be using something at night rather than the morning. Sometimes clients are overusing something and that's creating the issue rather than underusing it or not using something. Um, certain products shouldn't be used twice a day. They should only be used once or once a couple times a week. If you're using it too much, it's creating a problem. There's little things like that that you that I try to figure out first. Um, and then we see what the concerns are. Is it acne? Is it dryness? Is it oiliness? You know, things like that. Um, so the the you're not getting sent a pre-recorded video. I am sitting with you for that hour, potentially more if you need more time, but it's at least an hour of time um, and going over your routine and seeing how we can make it better fit for you. And it doesn't have to be long. Some, some clients only need a couple of products. I'm not telling you to use a nine step routine. I'm also not brand loyal. I, I try to figure out what's best for you, for your skin, 
for your budget as well. I I don't necessarily say use this $300 cream. You know, I ask what, what you're looking for, what's your price range, and then I recommend what is best for your skin. And sometimes what's best for your skin is $22. It doesn't necessarily need to be $65 or $165. So it's very, it's very, very customized and personalized to the client. And that is why I do one client at a time now. And on the Zooms, I can know, I can't do more than two people on a Zoom. It's just too much. And it's usually like a mother daughter if I'm doing that or like two best friends or something. But usually it's a singular person. Oh my gosh, that's so great. And I love how you do the skincare too, because I feel like that is such an important part. Like you said, even just priming the face or like understanding what types of like clogged pores they might have, you know, and all of those things. It like plays into it, which a lot of people don't know that aren't in the industry. They really have no clue, you know? Right. Yeah. A lot of people use a makeup to cover their skin while the reality is your makeup will never be a 10 if your skin is a two. So you need to really focus on that skin first. And if you can get your skin to be a 10 or even an eight, nine or 10, your makeup hardly needs to be used to amp up that skin because your skin will be glowing first. And then you can just highlight your skin on top of it and add whatever you'd like. You know, some people like to do a full face of eyeshadow and liner and all that. And that's great. And you can definitely do that, but you might not need to wear as much on your actual skin. Yeah. You know, to amp up your full face of makeup. A lot of clients wear a full face of foundation because they don't like their skin underneath, not because they want a full face of foundation every day. Um, So if we can figure out those and figure out the concerns and fix them, which can take, you know, two, four, six weeks, depending on what the regimen is and what the skin concerns are, but we can get it under control. If you can have great skin in six to eight weeks, six weeks, why would you not want to try that first? You know, that's how I feel. That's a great tip. So when you work with your clients, it sounds like you also do like reoccurring meetings too, where you're kind of following up with them. So it's not even just a one-time meeting. It's really that longevity of working with you. Correct. I try to do a follow-up three to four weeks after to see how the regimen is going. Because a lot of times I always ask, are you allergic to anything, you know, things of that nature. And people say, you know, yes or no, depending. But a lot of times if they never use anything, they say, no, they're not allergic to anything. But if you've never used anything before, you might not know if you're allergic to something. So I like to do, I like to do the follow-up three to four weeks after, make sure everything's working. You might have found out you're now allergic to some ingredient you did not know because you've never used it. So that's why I don't want to wait like two months for a follow-up because if you're happen to be allergic to something, I want to know immediately. We want to fix that concern. If that becomes a concern, hopefully not. We can then see what the progression is. If everything's progressing correctly, then I don't need to, you know, we can see if there needs to be any alterations in like or tweaking the routine. Yes or no at that point. If there was a concern we need to tweak, maybe I'll want to talk to you again in three or four weeks. If not, maybe three months, you know, and then at that point, once everything is set, we can maybe do it five months, maybe change of seasons. It depends on your skin. You know, it would be, again, very customized on the person uh, and seeing what their skin concerns are. I also would also see, depending on their history, if they say like their skin changes a lot with the seasons, then I most likely would want to talk to them with each season, maybe once a year like for the first year, each season. And then after that, we would have them on a regimen. And then I would talk to them, you know, twice a year after that to see how it's going. So yeah, I try to do that. I want to be the support that they need for their skin. 
Yeah. The whole, you get everything, you know? And I feel like even when you go to an esthetician, you're not really getting the makeup advice, you know, when you leave there and it's not always the whole package. So I love how you do that. And I also think it's really interesting that you're talking about like less makeup because that's definitely like the new trend that I'm seeing, you know? I mean, I've been wearing less makeup for years because I'm just, you know, I do makeup all the time. So it's like, I'm you know, it's like, I feel like people that do something all the time, they like, don't want to do it themselves. You know what I mean? Like, that's like my mom on holiday. She cooks all this meal and then she doesn't eat. Cause she's like, I'm sick of this food. I've seen it all day. So it's like, I do makeup all the time. So like, I don't really wear a lot of makeup. I wear a powder on my face. I put a tiny bit of blush and mascara. That's it. That's all I wear. People are like, that's all you wear. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see makeup. I don't even have a lipstick or an eyeshadow in my makeup in my apartment. It's only in my makeup kit to go to people's homes. Like, I don't want to do it. But to me, I but I have a ton of skincare, ton, because I like to, I'm a skincare junkie. So I, I want to have all my products that I use in the morning and the night. People might think I'm crazy. I use like four or five products in the morning, three or four at night. But when you think about it, I can cocktail them together, which means that, you know, I put a few on my hand at the same time, put them on my face at the same time. It takes... 42 seconds to do it in the morning and night and it's done and my skin is clear knock on wood so far so good I don't have to wear that much makeup because I don't have to worry so much about coverage do I change my skincare with the seasons yes because my skin changes with the seasons and I want to get the you know clients to feel the same way that they feel confident knowing okay well now it's getting warmer this is not going to be the right cream anymore I know this could put aside and I'll start using this now that it's going to be more humid or whatever and obviously that's going to change per client where they live you know, like I live in Connecticut, it's cold right now. But if I'm talking to somebody in Arizona, I'm going to talk to them. They don't, it's not cold there. <laughs> so I need to talk to them depending on what their temperature is. So I always ask those types of things too. Where are you? What's the weather like? I haven't been everywhere in the country. So like if someone's in South Dakota right now, I'm assuming it's cold, but like how cold? Is it like negative 10 cold or is it like 30 cold? Like, I don't know. So I like to ask those questions as well. Cause that definitely changes things also. It also depends on their jobs. What do they do? Are they outside all day? Are they inside all day? Those types of things definitely can change your skin. Like if you ski, people that ski, their skin tends to get chapped because of the wind and the cold. And those are things, you know, that definitely would change your skincare routine and how you would maintain your skin. It's such a great point too, because a lot of us, like, again, everyday consumers don't really consider that. Like, And I think a lot of people are trying to find the one product that solves every solution, which is like the biggest downfall. So what is your advice for that client? You know? Yeah, there's only the only product I would say that is almost like, I don't want to say a one and done, but that you don't have to change as often is your cleanser. Cleansers kind of, I use two different cleansers, but that's because I use a one that has a little bit of a grit to it, like a little exfoliator at night because I like to take off my makeup and I have one that lathers more that has no exfoliation in the morning. But those I use all year round. Like I don't need to change those with the seasons. So that's pretty good. If you, you can find one one that you like and use that most of the time all year round. But for them, and then like a hyaluronic acid, a lot of people use that is great for skin. It's great to um, reduce dullness in the skin. It adds that glow. Hyaluronic acid is great for pretty much everybody, unless you obviously have an allergen to, to it, allergic reaction to it. Um, that could be used all year round. But usually your moisturizers are what changes because that's what changes in your the moisture in your skin and also changes dependent where you live. So that's a product that usually changes throughout the year. Um, it could change twice. It could change three times, usually to thicker or thinner, depending on how much moisture you need. And uh, I usually try to help clients figure out what they can use throughout the year and the longevity of that. 
because you don't want to use product. You want to get the most out of your products because the cleaner the product, obviously the better, but you can't let it sit for a year. So if you, the longevity of the product, so if you're only using half of it and now you can't use it for half a year and it's a clean product, there's nothing there to preserve it, which is good and bad. It's good because you don't want to have those preservatives in your products, but it's bad because you can't hold it now to the next year. So you don't want to buy. So I always say sometimes it's nice when they make the different sizes in products because you can buy a travel size product because you might only need it for three months um, and things like that. That's such a great tip because a lot of us just buy the largest, you know, it's like I want to get the most bang for my buck, but it's not always the best investment. Correct. And then you do end up losing money on it. And, you know, like even being in the industry, skincare is, can be pricey. Yeah, it can definitely be pricey. Like shower, body wash, you can buy larger, face cleanser, you can buy larger. But when it comes to creams and serums and things like that, certain products, that you're not using all year round, it might be better to buy the smaller size. And then if you need to repurchase, see how long you're using it before you buy the larger size, because if it's not going to last, once it separates, it's just like food, they have expiration dates. Um, Once food separates, I mean, the product separates just like food, it's no good. Um, Just like food, if it smells, it's no good. There's a lot of things that you can see. Makeup all has expiration dates on it. A lot of people don't realize that on the products, um, sometimes on the bottom, it looks like a little like product and it like looks like a clam, like on a compact, it looks like a compact and it says like one, one M that means like, or one Y that means like one year or one month. That's what those are. People sometimes don't realize that that's what the expiration is. I mean, powders last longer than liquids and creams, but if you have a foundation for three years, Foundations don't last three years. <laughs> you shouldn't have the foundation for three years. Um, mascaras should be thrown out after like three months, whether you finish them or not. They harbor so much bacteria, like certain products like that. So I go over that as well with clients because they'll be like, oh, I've had all these makeup products and I see a product that like the packaging was like from years ago. And I'm like, when did you buy that? And they're like, oh, I bought it in high school. And the lady's like 45. And I'm like that, I don't care if you love it. You just like go in the garbage. Um, because that could also be a reason why you have the skin concern you have. You're using a product that's old. So because it has bacteria in it, it could be creating the rash you have on your skin or your rosacea or this. It could just be that you need something new. That's so interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about how an expired product could be impacting the skin negatively, you know, because you just... Yeah, people don't think of little things like that. It's just like little things that just are like, oh my God, like... I, you would think, but you, you don't think, you know, like if you eat something that doesn't taste like you can taste that it's not right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so like a food, like a food, you would know the smell to like with the makeup, you can smell if it's not right, if it's old, but a lot of times you don't pay attention to that. Um, so unless it's like a total different consistency, you usually don't think about it. So you're using it, you know, cream is still white. Okay. But like, if it's really old, it could have chemically changed inside, like the molecular chemicals of it could have changed and you didn't even realize. And it is is different on your skin and it could create uh, like a reaction. Oh my gosh, this is so great. I love, yeah. I feel like you're giving us so many tips. I'm like, I have to go look at <laughs> all my stuff, you know, like probably half yeah. of it in the trash, you know, like, especially with like tanners and stuff. Like, yeah, they, like that, yeah. They, you know, like, that's like nail polish. You know, you have to shake your nail polish. That yeah. technically means the nail polish is bad. Technically, technically it's separated and it's bad. And you don't really think much of it because you're like, yeah, whatever. You could just shake it 
but technically the nail polish is no longer good and should be thrown out. Right. Cause it might be like, it might have like a bad chemical or something too, yeah. like affecting your cuticles or like, I think a lot of us also don't understand that the skin is the largest, largest organ. Like yeah, it exactly. does need to be tended to just like yeah. any other organ in your body, like your eyes, you wouldn't put like expired yeah. eye drops in your eyes, you know, well, like- that's exactly. And that's why you have eyelashes. Your eyelashes are on your face to stop dirt and pollutants to get in your eyeballs. That's why we have eyelashes. So all day, our eyelashes, and we blink to stop dirt from getting in our eyes, right? So if you, even at night, we're blinking, blah, blah, blah. Then if you don't clean your face well, and you use your mascara, okay? So now your mascara wand is now on your eyelashes. And then you put that mascara wand in back in the tube, right? And you use that for a couple of months. It's fine, a couple of months. You take it out, you put it on. But say you reuse your mascara at night because you're going back out. So now you've been out all day and you're like, I just want to freshen up my mascara. So now all that dirt that's on your mascara, on your eyelashes, you freshen up your mascara. So now you just wiped it all on your mascara wand and now you put it back in your tube. So now you wash your face in the morning and now you're taking that same mascara and putting it on your face. So now you do that for a few months. But Think about mascara you have because you're like, oh, I never finished it. It's not bad. It still works. But now you've had it for eight months. And now you've been using that same mascara wand on your lashes. They harbor, mascara is one of the number one things that harbors bacteria. And that's why you're supposed to, when I was at Mac, I actually learned this. You're supposed to get rid of your mascara like every month. That's what they used to say. Now it's technically like up to three months if you use it daily. They say if you use it like only on the weekends, say you pe- people, you know, don't wear makeup every day. If you use it a couple of times a week, you could last up to five months. But realistically, if you use your mascara every day, I change my mascara every five weeks. Like I just, it goes right in the garbage, whether it's finished or not. I just feel like that's why people end up possibly getting styes. That's how you get pink eye. That's how you get things like eye infections is mascara. It's the first thing that you should get rid of and change. Makes so much sense. I feel like everybody listening, like go throw out that mascara. (laughs) If you haven't gotten a new mascara in three, I will say three months. And that's being very generous. Throw it out right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's time. It's dry. No, buy another one. It's dry. You know, another one. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even try to rehydrate (laughs) that shit. Like it's not. (laughs) Yeah. That's not even healthy. That's even worse. Get rid of it. Don't add water. You're going to like feed the bacteria. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. I was just learning about how much water can impact like the skin negatively. Like, I don't know your perception or your perspective on like, you know, the whole nail salon thing and that bacteria, but I have a feeling in the next few years, that's going to become a whole new trend of like anti-nail salon. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, all these new, you, you see them on Instagram now, like the ads for those like little do-it-yourself UV lights. They look like, I don't know, they look like little things. You just put on one nail at a time, like do-it-yourself things because they're like, don't go to nail salons. It's interesting. I've never seen anybody actually have one, but I feel like it's going to, everything is definitely going to make a shift. I mean, everyone is definitely understanding the ingredients are different here. You know, the US versus Europe, with the laws and the ingredients of toxicity and ingredients and stuff, um, you know, learning the difference between clean products and not, and really knowing what's in your 
ingredient lists of your products. Um, like you were saying, Caitlin, the, the skin is the largest organ and no one really thinks about that because when you think of organs, you think of your heart and your lungs and your kidneys and things like that of that nature, but your skin is your largest organ and anything you put on your skin. So anything that touches your skin, even if you accidentally drop barbecue sauce when you're eating something, everything that touches your skin eventually gets into your bloodstream, like within, I don't want to like quote any sort of seconds because I'm not a scientist, but like in like within a minute, probably, probably less time than that gets into your bloodstream. So all the lotions you put on, all of, all of the perfumes you put on, all of the oils, essential oils, all of these products, all of your skincare, all of your makeup, all of your anything else, you put, anything you put up to make your eyelashes grow, to make your hair grow, to make your hair color, uh, anything, all these things, all goes into your bloodstream. So realistically, do I know every single ingredient? No, I don't know every single ingredient. But you should want to know more about the brands that you're using. And if you feel that you like the way a brand is because of their cleanliness and their ingredient policy and things of that nature, then people tend to purchase more from that. So like there are brands that I do like more because of those policies that they have. Um, do I make money from them from promoting them? No, I don't. But I, I like them and I like that their policies are of that. And that's why a lot of people are tending to, to like brands from Europe because European standards are just higher than the U.S. standards. I mean, European standards are like 11 ingredients you can't have. You can do whatever the hell. You could put like turkey in your whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter here. Yeah. While in Europe, there's like 2,000 ingredients that are banned or more that are just not allowed because they're just not healthy for you. If you go there and you buy a product from Chanel in France and you buy the same product at Bloomingdale's in your town, it is not the same product because you can put different ingredients here because it's allowed. So yeah. you will not get the same exact, product. it will say the same name is the same product, but if you buy it in France and you buy it in the U S is not the same product because the U S standards are just less. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's actually like really scary. You know, once yeah. you get into the beauty business, like my mom's an esthetician, so yeah. I totally get it. And she's yeah. been educating me since I was young, you know, a lot Run of spas, and your yeah. mom probably knows, a lot of spas will order from Europe yeah. or Australia, even too. Like Australia, New Zealand have a lot of skincare. Like they order from there. I work as part-time at a spa and she orders so many things from Italy and yeah. other countries because she just, she has a line from Australia and stuff. And she just, they're just better. Israel, Israel, she has a line from Israel. She's like obsessed with, they just love the policies and the ingredient lists and and that kind of stuff. So it yeah. is important to know, am I going to say like, read everything? You're going to know every word. No, but should look into it a little bit. Yeah. Do your research, reach out to Heather. If you have questions, you know, this is a perfect place for you to maybe share with us how our listeners can get in touch with you. But before we do that, I have one question for you. What your opinions are on like fillers and Botox and how you feel about all of that. So I've never had any. I don't like needles. I'm like afraid of needles. Yeah. I'm one of those people like chicken at like getting my blood taken. I don't see the purpose of it. Like I just don't. I think there's so many other, like if you have the money to get filler, you have yes. the money, like to be honest, like which I don't, but if you have the money to get filler, 
you have the money to do these other treatments that are non-invasive and they are treatments that would need to be maintenanced, but filler and Botox need to be maintenanced. None of these treatments are permanent at all. So Botox and filler, you get every however months. And then there's a service called, for an example, microcurrent. I don't know if you're f familiar with microcurrent. I yeah. love microcurrent. I did it today, actually. Um, love it. Podcasters can't see because you can't see me, but I'm pretty glowy. Very glowy. I love um, microcurrent. For yeah. anybody listening, like look it up. <laughs> I love microcurrent. It obviously, it uses electric currents. There's a conductor gel put on your face. And it's basically like the esthetician gives you a massage with these metal rods. And you do feel, depending on your skin, your sensitivity, obviously you talk to your esthetician, see if it works for you. There are certain things that you can't have if you, you there's just things you have to fill out a form, contradictions form. But if it works for you and you can do it, do it. It's usually at where, where I work, they like to do four in a row weekly. And then you would do maintenance of however much after. And then the maintenance is dependent on your skin, your age and, and things of that nature. So it's different. I try to do it now every like six weeks just because I like it and it keeps my skin glowing and it helps with my lines. I think I just feel like there's so many, and that's just one, that's just one thing. There's so many things out there that are still going to require maintenance. Um, microcurrent is cheaper than Botox and filler where I go anyway, where I, you know, so I just think why with all the other health risks that are out there, yes, you are putting a conductor gel on your face. Do I know the ingredients of that conductor gel? No. And I can look them up to be honest, but it's on top of my face, which yes, will still go in my bloodstream. However, Botox and filler, what is in that is no bueno. No. And no. they have said that Botox can has had direct effects on pregnancy when you with issues with being preg with pregnancies and being coming pregnant and things of that nature, which I have not personally had any issues with. Like I'm not pregnant or don't know anything specific, but I know that has been an issue. There's so out about it. Yeah. yeah different things about, about that. Yeah. Um, so why even chance that? And wow. people are getting Botox younger and younger and younger. Like to me, like, like that used to be a thing, like when I was younger or in my twenties, like that was something like if you're 40, 50, like, like pregnancy wouldn't have been an issue. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like, cause you would be, but now people are like in their twenties getting Botox and filler. Like what? <laughs> it's wild. And yeah. like, I've seen images, like again, my mom being in the industry too, yeah. for the listeners, like that's why I have a lot of knowledge in it. If, I, if my mom wasn't in the industry, I wouldn't know any of this stuff, but I've seen fillers migrate to different parts of the face. Like it really can have a large effect yeah. on and, and depending on your sensitivity, you can get bruising after um, that will fade, obviously fades. Um, but there's all different um, after effects that can affect, you know, happen depending on yourself, your skin, your the biology of your body, um, different things of that nature. And I've seen different things happen to clients. Um, where I work now, we do not do... Um, any Botox or filler we used to, but we don't do it anymore, but we do, uh, other things that are non-invasive. So I love it. I think that yeah. there's so much that you can do and why not? Yeah, that's that how part. I feel. And like I said, like they are, there are little things you can do that are lesser expensive and there are different, really, really good products that you can use now that if you use them regularly, you will see a difference. I think the catch with some of them are you need to try to start a little younger and it is important 
to really work on your age management of skincare in your 20s or at least 30 when you're 30. I don't like to call it anti-aging. There's no way you're not going to age. Like it's not, it's not like as of right now anyway, like you're aging, like <laughs> it's going to happen. But like I like age management, I think is a better way to call it because you can manage how you age. And what I also like to do, which is just like a random thing is when you're done with your skincare, wipe, put on your hands <laughs> because your hands will always show your age. Because no matter what you do on your face, all that Botox and filler and all that stuff, no one ever does it on your hands. So when you your face looks all Botox and filler, like, you know, all stiff, your hands all have lines and everything anyway. So you're going to look 80 on your hands anyway. <laughs> right. Forever. You know, your hands tell it all. So I always say, like, wipe the excess skincare of anything you use. Like, just put it all on your hands because I feel like it just helps with the skin on your hands because your hands usually show your age regardless. Everyone focuses on their face, neck and chest. Um, and then they stop. The rest of their body just gets body cream. Mm -hmm. um, but your hands, I, I usually say just use a, any excess skincare that you put on your face, um, neck, chest wipe it on your hands. You will see a difference. Yeah. I love that. Such a good tip. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Can you tell us how we can get in touch with you? Yes. Sign up for your virtual programs. Yes. So, one. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see each and every one of you. I hope to meet you all. Um, makeupandhair.co co is our website. Um, our Instagram is the makeup hair co. So it's pretty simple, The Makeup Hair Co, C-O. Um, my name is Heather Adessa Spadaro. You can Google me, it usually pops up or Heather Adessa pops up. It's A-D-E-S-S-A, -S -S -A, uh, Spadaro, S-P-A-D-A-R-O. And I'm looking forward to meeting all of you. Thank yeah. you so much for being with us. Thank you, Caitlin, for having me. I'm so excited. This was so fun. <laughs> I know. I loved it. I feel like I got to know you more. Like, this was just so great. I feel like I learned something. I know all of our listeners did. So thank you so much, Heather. And I'm sure everybody will be reaching out very soon. I hope so. I hope so. This was great. Thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer Def several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.